In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, after the business session of our diocesan convention wrapped up, Father Steve, Deacon Kelly, and I found ourselves in a bit of an argument about the parable you just heard read. Parables tend to do this. They aren't easy to understand, and honestly, they're really meant to raise more questions than answers. Some questions I have about this parable is, where exactly did the foolish bridesmaid buy oil after midnight that made them miss the bridegroom? Why do the wise ones not share their oil with those who are without? And why doesn't the Lord open the door for those who knock, as we've been told? It's a parable that I've heard used countless times as a threat. That folks ought to live their lives so aligned that they are ready for Judgment Day at any moment. And I've been to many funerals where family members carry the heavy burden of wondering if their loved one was right with God. So I come to this pulpit with more parable-provoked questions than answers and quite a bit of religious baggage around this parable, which is why I found Bishop White's Convention Eucharist sermon to be a bit of a balm. Every year on the Sunday after our diocesan convention, the bishop extends the offer to preachers around the diocese for his sermon to be preached in congregations. And this year, I'm going to take him up on that offer. And so I bring you this morning the bulk of his sermon from Friday night. The late Episcopal priest and author, Father Robert Capone, who writes about the conclusion of that gospel passage, keep awake, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. He says, when all is said and done, when we have scared ourselves silly with the now or never urgency of faith and the once and for all finality of judgment, we need to take a deep breath and let it out with a laugh. Because what we are called to watch for is a party. And the party is not just down the street making its way up making up its mind when it's going to come to us, the party is already hiding in our basement, banging on our steam pipes, laughing its way up our cellar stairs. The unknown day and hour that Jesus talks about is not a dreadful day, but a glorious day when the party finally bursts through the kitchen door, roistering its way throughout the whole house. Jesus' coming again is not like a family member coming to our dinner looking closely to see if we're using the dishes they gave us last Christmas. Our Lord's coming will be a most beautiful sight. Like a favorite relative who shows up with a salami under one arm and a bottle of wine under the other. In this passage, Jesus is of course right. We must watch for him, watch for that day when he comes, because it would be such a pity to miss all that fun.
Bishop White goes on in his sermon to say, because of God's grace so freely and unreservedly given in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we are a people of hope, the ultimate hope. That God's love is for all and is eternal and will never be revoked. We ought not to point to Jesus as one to be feared, but truly as the hope of the world. Jesus's parables are always meant to shockingly reveal God's love and mercy in ways that defy our understanding. And that understanding is often used as a means of control, which taps into people's fears. But this parable awakens us to hope, to live out that hope as individuals and as the church. And my journey of faith in the church has led me to the conviction that true Christian hope springs from gratitude, with thankfulness as the lens through which we see and live each day Hope both precedes and follows gratitude. Perhaps, perhaps you're like me these days. My lamp runs low on oil at times. But what that says is not that hope is elusive. Rather, it's a wake-up call for all of us to rethink what it means to be prepared with enough hope to burn brightly. The oil we need is found in seeking and serving Christ in all people and loving our neighbor as ourselves and respecting the dignity and freedom of every human being because we burn brightest with the light of hope when we ease someone else's burden. Each of us are only promised today to enable the church in her mission and work of proclaiming Christ as the hope of the world, whose resurrection has destroyed death. We have now, only now, to live for the one who says to us when we face our greatest challenges, be not afraid. Feed the hungry. Speak out against bigotry. Live justly, give generously, Heal the environment, wage peace, pray, work, give for the building up of God's kingdom. These are the ways we fill our lamps with hope and prepare for the party that's coming. Bishop White concluded his sermon at convention with a story about how when he was in high school, all he wanted to do was to sleep in on Saturday mornings. His father, as most parents do, had other plans. 
And so teenage Bishop White and his father would follow a predictable pattern each weekend morning, with his father waking him up by saying, everybody up, let's go. The list of chores would be shared, the teenage frustration would bubble up, and the day went on. But he concludes by saying, most of all, I had no clue that what my father was saying by giving me chores was that he needed me. He wasn't trying to make my life miserable. He wasn't punishing me by giving me work to do. Rather, he needed me or something important would not get done. Every day, we have a choice. To meet life and the news of the day by giving into darkness and fear, and no one would blame you. Or, we meet the, di- the day by lighting a lamp of hope with thanksgiving and gratitude for the opportunity to serve Christ in all people. Beloved, watch. Be prepared and well-stocked with hope. Jesus is coming again to the world he saved and the party has already begun. And when it comes to giving hope and life to others, Jesus needs our help. Or in the words of Bishop White's dad, everybody up, let's go. Amen.